Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC. With me uh, back again today is Lead Pastor Brad Livingston. What's up guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And uh, man, we are excited uh, about a number of things going on at TC. Um, you know, our small group semester is going. It is. We're in week number two of our small group semester so we've already heard some great reports man shout out to all those that are leading small groups during the summer you know summertime um is different you know we got a lot of church friends around the country justin and i and uh you know they all talk about how great their summer semesters are (laughs) i think for us it's like we at the beach baby like our small group semester is always lower numbers they're good groups. It's just, you know, people are traveling, people are going to the beach, you know. Or just taking, thing. taking, you know, we got some people I think that probably normally lead a group that take a little break. Yeah. You know, ain't nothing yeah. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all. Nothing so. wrong with that. Everybody needs a break every once in a while. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been rocking. So we're in the second week of our summer small group semester and, um, just did Grow Track Fast Pass on Sunday. Had a couple people go through. We did. Um, so our, uh, we'll finished our fourth week at AMC. Finished our fourth week at AMC. One month. <laughs> One month down. One month down. So, um, man, things are things are, are moving along. I'm excited. Man, I'm excited for the fall. Yeah, I, I'm kind of lo- I'm looking forward to August and September. You know, for for those of you that don't know, you know, church strategy says you just don't do much during the summer in regards to really trying to recruit real hard or do a lot of advertising. You really want to try to put a push together for you know August, September, October. You know, those three months. And so, um, you know, we went into AMC, went in and for the summer, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of been one of those things where it's been good because we've been able to find different things. Like, oh, we need to change that. We need to improve on that. Um, while at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, man, everyone going on vacation right yeah. now. <laughs> so, And I get it. And it's also a testament of a young church. We have a young church. A lot of families, people with kids, they want to take their kids to Disney World or whatever, which you could not pay me. To go to Disney World right now, you could pay me. It'd have to be a lot. There is a number, <laughs> <laughs> but it'd yeah, have to be a lot. I wouldn't care to go. For, Man, it's too hot. It's so hot. I mean, I, I just talked. To, one of my friends went just went to Disney World. Three kids, mm. uh, him, his wife, three kids. They said they waited in line, hundred degrees, waited in line for an hour almost for each ride. Mm-mm. Not a chance. You know, and rides Not are fun and all, but that's just a, such a long time to wait in a line. Yeah. You know, no. it's it, and as hot as it is and all those people and you know, everything's expensive, you know, a drink, a, you know, a hot dog. Yeah, $12 drinks, yeah, $20 hot just, dogs. That's just not. It's a lot. Bro. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm not into that. I, I, and like, yeah. I like even like Six Flags. Like I like to go, but yeah. if I got to wait for. If I got, I'll wait 20, 30, you know, if it's really a good ride. But other than that, I, I'm just, I don't want to wait that long. For the amount of money it takes you to get you and four family members, three kids. So you, your wife, three kids to Disney World. That's a lot of money. I think you could buy five VR headsets <laughs> with the phones for each one. And now you can ride the ride whenever you want. 
in a virtual reality world. <laughs> so I just, you know, I don't have a wife or kids. I just feel <laughs> like, you know, my, I don't even need to, my kids don't even know, need to know that Disney world exists. <laughs> Why do these kids know that? <laughs> it's far too much information for them to have. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, yeah. I guess their friends from school go or something. You know, like well, if you can control that kind of information. Not oh, kids. It's a lie. It's not real. They're lying to you, kids. <laughs> it's all. Uh, it's all we, false. We didn't have a lot of money growing up, though. So, like, you know, we didn't do tons of stuff like that anyway. Yeah. Maybe that's why I, we, I never went. So maybe that's not why I don't like it. But, yeah. um, you know, I remember. I mean, my parents just didn't play. I remember one year we were going to go to the fair, and we were bad. And, and so said, nope. not only did she say no, she drove us by to show us, <laughs> <laughs> look how next year, maybe y'all can go and you'd be good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, seriously. And I totally believe it. I've met your mom. And yeah, sure. <laughs> like, not only are y'all not going, we're going to get in the car. We're going to ride. <laughs> we show y'all where we're not we going. We rode by at night with all the lights on and stuff. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's true. I can see that. I yeah. can see that. Your mom don't play. No, sir. I like your mom. She's sweet, but she, you can she, tell oh, she she's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell she's uh she, we didn't, she didn't play when we were growing up. I mean, yeah, we had no, rules. no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> we, if she made dinner, we had to eat dinner. Right. You know, we ain't making four dinners for four people. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> no. If she yeah. made lima beans, dang it. I was eating lima you're beans. You're eating lima beans. <laughs> and you're not getting up from the table until these lima beans eat. Oh, no. Not even that. Like that whole, you'll sit here till they're gone. Not playing like, it. Like, you know, I'm going to walk out and when I come back in the kitchen, that plate better be gone. You know, yeah, that's when you hope you have a dog <laughs> scraping on the ground. Uh, she would have known. <laughs> she would, they have the, they have that mom thing where yeah. they just know. I learned early on, eat stuff you don't like while it's still hot. Those kids that let it get, they ain't nothing worse than some hour old cold mushy lima beans. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Eat them while they're hot. Eat them while they're hot. Mix it with a, Mashed potatoes or something. You're right. Mask it yeah. with the corn. <laughs> something. These kids let it sit there. And then it gets cold. Man, my little stepsister, so she hated corn. Okay. And my stepdad, you know, blended family is a little different. Right, right, right. And so my mom and stepdad tried real hard to make everything consistent. But <laughs> yeah. like my mom, that's how, you know, we yeah. made chicken and mashed potatoes and corn. That's what the kids are eating. Yeah. Well, my little stepsister, she was like five or something. She did not like corn. She was refusing. She was sitting there and my mom put her foot down and my stepdad was going with, was going yeah, with yeah. it, but he was having, you know, yeah. um, cause she was pitching a fit and crying and arguing and we're all done for an hour. Me and my brother, my other stepsister, we're like the Alex, just eat, like yeah. just eat it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Like it sucks. I know, but like, and then you go over there and it's like four kernels of corn. It's like one bite or something. <laughs> right, you know? It's right. like, just eat it. Yeah. Like just, at some point as a brother, you just want to be like, give me the spoon. Hold like, your <laughs> nose and eat it. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Whatever. But, um, yeah. yeah. But so, so I don't know. How do we get on this? Uh, I, I, we were talking about, <laughs> we were talking, Disney World. talking about Disney World and we ended up on your, your stepsister not eating corn. I have been to, I've never been to Disney World, but I have been to Island of Adventure. Okay. And I've been to Universal at Halloween for Halloween Horror Nights. Okay. Yep, yep, which yep. that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, if you're into like haunted houses and stuff, but yeah, I'm not. But I'm not really either. But they put clowns it, on all of them. It I'm was not cool. I'm not no, here to no, play. no. They had thing, they had a saw haunted house. No, not here. I'm not here for that. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty cool. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And yeah. that's not where I'm trying to have my good time. Yeah, <laughs> I would much rather go to like ride on roller coasters or something. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's not for me. And I, that, I think the other thing is like Disney World is like. I've just never been like a Disney person, Me anyways. Either. Like, 
you know, think about my boy Chris and his wife Sarah, you know, the Greedo. They just moved back from North oh, Carolina. Yeah. You know, shout out to you guys. But they're like Disney people. Like they watch Disney movies on the regular. The thirty four years old or how thirty two, I think Chris is. But oh. you know, it's like that's that. I mean, they enjoy it. And good yeah. for them. Okay. I, I, not for me. Not for me. Do your thing, but that ain't for me. Um. So yeah. But too hot. It's hot out part, there, bro. Man, me and Juwan just got out the car. or got in the car. We were we had a meeting. Got in the car. It's a hundred. That said, hundred and fifteen. Oh, I know. Outside. I was listening. No, to, it came down a little bit, but I was listening to the radio with the heat indexes. It's like, oh, it's gonna be. It's a hot one, dude. I'm gonna be wearing short. I almost wore shorts today. So I don't usually wear shorts at the office, but. <laughs> so did you? Did you see what our man Patrick posted on Instagram yesterday? I did not about Whataburger. No. <laughs> I'm pulling it up. Hold on. He's talking about the heat, like how hot it is, you know? And um, and so, you know, over in Texas right now, they've been having all kinds of weird, like, natural thing. Like, th- there's a current heat wave that's going through Texas. And uh, so <laughs> he shared a picture, and it's uh, it was a record heat wave. And now there's a, then there was a tornado watch <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> and so, and so this someone posted, it's like, Texas sells Whataburger, and all of a sudden, Mother Nature tries to kill us all on a weekly basis. <laughs> and then it says, what a coincidence. But uh, like, what a, like, Whataburger. What a <laughs> anyway, so. That's fine. Facts. It's too hot. Keep Whataburger. But, um, yeah, man, it is it is hot. It's a little warm. So welcome to the summer, guys, you know. I was telling our friend Cynthia, she came down from Jersey a couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah, I was telling her, I was like, you've not experienced heat until you've experienced Florida heat in the summer, you know, and I showed her the picture where it's like the sun and the earth, and there's a little dot in between them, and it's like, here's Florida, so. It's hot. It's warm. It's just so humid. So find yourself a pool today, or a cup of ice water, a popsicle, something to speak <laughs> Speaking of popsicle, Savannah's ice cream this past weekend. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. Well, she made it funny. It, it was. It was like she was literally about to to scream. <laughs> she was getting on John. <laughs> like it was his fault. I love. I love. I love how Savannah was like John. She does that thing, John. It's like, can you give me some napkins? So John comes back with two napkins. She's got a gallon of milk running down her arm for melted ice cream. So the <laughs> the story is we went to Marble Slab, a group of people. On Friday night. Friday night. It was about 9 p.m. Yeah. And uh, it was packed at Marble Slab. But first of all, way too expensive. Let's, yeah. Well, you know, you it know, is what it is. $7 for some ice cream is, come on. But it's good ice cream. Of course. It, well, it ought to be. <laughs> <laughs> But right. Nonetheless, so we had to sit outside because there was no room inside for all of us. Hot. And it was a little. It was. It was, it was muggy. It was muggy. Yeah. Um, and somehow Savannah had ice cream that was melting at a much faster rate <laughs> than the rest of us because, and they 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 overflowed her her little cup. So she had like a big scoop on top, but it was melting yeah. really fast. It was melting down every side of her container. So it was. So she tried to like. You know, you, like a cone where you lick it, you know? She was trying to, like, lick it like it was a cone, you know, like you would do a cone. And it was just too much ice. And it was, like, all over her hand. And then onto the floor. I mean, the ground. It was hilarious. Yeah. She was so mad. 
So she asked John, because Savannah is John, our creative director's wife. And she's like, John, like, can you give me some napkins? So John goes inside, and for all of this melted ice cream, I think he walks out with like two napkins. <laughs> We're like, oh, that's going to do it. Yeah. And so she's like, John, I need like another cup to put this in. And so he goes inside and has to get like this cup. Meanwhile, there's 400 people in line. Like you can tell they're like... Yeah, he can't. He can't, he can't enjoy his. Right. So, the whole thing was just funny. But it yeah, was hilarious. At one point, like just looking over at her, and I even mentioned to her, I was like, "What are you doing wrong right now?" Because like we all had ice cream out there. <laughs> I don't know why hers was like a rapid melt, but it I was mean, hilarious. It was so funny, except to her and John, it wasn't yeah. funny. But man, talking about a waste of money. Yeah, spending seven dollars and then was a thirty-six dollar melted ice cream right there. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been a good time. Welcome to the summer in Florida. You can't eat ice cream and everything's too hot. But $7 is what I paid. I'm still thinking about that. It's too much. We should go back. No. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> good times. Good we need time. to, we need to We need to do some AMC soon. What do you mean? Snow cones or ice cream sandwiches. Oh, yeah. It'd be too melty. We'll drop well, yeah, we'll drop that on on uh, the AMC crowd soon. Yeah. Get a little closer to the fall, maybe. Have to figure out, yeah, how, how to do that. Make sure it's just our people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of AMC's getting ice cream cones yeah. or whatever, snow cones. That could be a little difficult. That's funny, but uh, yeah, man, good Sunday coming off a of, man, just just good. Continue to um grow develop and let you know all the systems and structure that amc can continue to function and um yeah man things are just things are going well and so we're excited to see how it's going to continue to to operate i think we're kind of at that place now where we have to make the switch from like tc at amc to just like this is just who we are now like it's not like a special thing it's just it just is you know um so i think we're kind of navigating a little bit of that right now but all in all man it's it's good it's, it's been, been good it's been fun so and sunday we um uh, we we wrapped up this idea um of kind of our artist highlight deal so we took father's day off from that you know father's day we didn't do the artist highlight um we did a special thing for father's day and then uh this past sunday we kind of did this message on uh we know where we're going which is uh, again King's Kaleidoscope. Um, it, the whole the three Sundays that we did from the artist highlight is like the three part one, part two, and part three of this song called "The Rush" from King's Kaleidoscope. So we did part one, then we did part two on the week two, then we have Father's Day, and then we did part three this past Sunday. Um, and we kind of titled it "We Know Where We're Going," but the underlying phrase is a holy righteous ratchet squad. <laughs> Um, and I was just going to title it that. And then I realized like 90% of, well, not 90, but a good chunk of people would be like, I don't know what this means. Mm-hmm. So, um, like a tool, don't think of a tool. Yeah. Like a ratchet, a ratchet and a ratchet. socket, a, a ratchet wrench. Yeah. So, um, so we changed it up a little bit. Uh, and put, we know where we're going, but we most assuredly included the phrase ratchet squad in the sermon on Sunday. But anyways, Yeah. So that's what we did, and uh, we we actually pulled everything from the story in Mark chapter two, which is one of my favorites. It's I really enjoy this passage of scripture in the Bible because um, it's just a great story of who Jesus was. Like it's it's not you don't have to really embellish it. You don't have to break it down real hard. It, it's I, I think 
this Mark chapter two really tells a great story of who Jesus is and what he intended to be for people, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, we really, I think we get a good glimpse of that, um, in Mark two. So we're not going to read the whole thing. I think we're just going to kind of paraphrase it. And for the sermon, you know, we want to encourage you guys to go back and listen to the sermon from this past week. Um, you know, from, from this past Sunday, we know where we're going. Um, Holy righteous ratchet squad. But, um, you know, the two kind of two monumental moments or two, two big things happen in this passage of Mark chapter two. The first one is, you know, Jesus shows up at Capernaum. He starts teaching at a house and so many people gather at this house and in this house and around this house that you couldn't even get in it anymore. And so there's these four guys and they know, uh, they got this, uh, we're assuming is a friend of theirs, um, who's paralyzed. And so they know that Jesus can heal him. Um, and so to get this man to Jesus, they couldn't get to him through the crowd. So these guys literally climb on the roof, tear a hole in the roof and lower their friend down through the hole in the roof to get him to Jesus. Mm. And um, I love what Jesus tells him too. Like, you know, is Jesus looks at him and he goes, you know, son, your sins are forgiven. I don't know about you. Like I can imagine being that guy and be like, yeah, that's dope and all, but I was really hoping to get heal these legs. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like I'm paralyzed. Thank you for forgiving my sins, but I really need some like, yeah, I need some healing here. Man. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, of course, Jesus in his, you know, omniscience is well aware that the Pharisees are watching him at all times. So he forgives his sins, but he doesn't heal him. So then we see in the passage, the Pharisees start going like, what? You can't forgive someone's sins. Like only God can do that. This is blasphemy. And uh, so Jesus looks back at him. And he's like, all right, I tell you what, what's easier for me to tell him that his sins are forgiven or to heal him? And obviously, you know, they're thinking like, well, of course, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven. But if you were really God, you'd be able to heal him. And he's like, bet. Exactly. (laughs) Take up your mat and go home. And the paralyzed man stood up and was healed, you know. And Jesus is like, it was Jesus' way of like ministering to the man, showing him that he's God, but also showing the Pharisees that he's God. So he accomplished what he came to accomplish, you know, and, and, uh, you know, in a way that only Jesus can, you know. It's like... Um, proving a point twice with right. the same with the same story, you know. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Jesus does that, and everyone else was just like stunned. They were wowed and surprised, you know. Um, As I would be. <laughs> facts, <laughs> you know. And so, uh, we were talking about, you know, how Justin. I surely, you know, surely you've seen this. I remember growing up. I feel like. I don't feel like infomercials are on as much as they used to be. Is it just me? I don't have cable. So Maybe that's why I feel that I way. I don't watch it. Because I'm a Netflix only, or Netflix Hulu, but I don't watch it. Yeah. Like, I don't outside get QVC. Of, outside of live sports. Right. Um, you know, I do watch some stuff that has a few little ads in it, but not like infomercials. You right. Know? Like, um, I don't get the QVC network anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. It's out. That's done. But I remember growing up, you remember this, and most of our listeners probably remember this. Like, you remember growing up, and like, especially late at night, everything yeah. turned into infomercials, right? So it was like, um, you know, Bowflex body machine or the oh, ab roller. All that. You know, and um, all these workout commercials where they would bring on these insanely ripped people. 
and put them on this machine to make you think that they got that way using that machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, I got a feeling he was born with a 12 pack. He didn't get it on your Bowflex. So, yeah. But, or, or you going to have to really be working that Bowflex. Is that, yeah. You yeah. have to be bowing the mess out of that Bowflex. <laughs> it was funny. Cause afterwards Gus came up to me and he was like, Hey man, I had a Bowflex. I was like, okay, fine. You're the only person that <laughs> there's evidence of, uh, of the Bowflex, but no, yeah. I'm just kidding. But all that to say is, um, you know, this idea that a lot of times we take the notion and we take the impression that, um, that we are to, we, when we go to Jesus and even when we read Jesus or we read Paul in the Bible, right? Like we read it with this idea that, they already existed as something supernatural. They didn't have to work to become it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you almost like it, sometimes you can read, especially Paul. Jesus isn't, you know, Jesus is God in the flesh. But you look at someone like Paul. Like Paul was just a man. Like nothing supernatural about Paul. You know, like he was just a man, and so his mindset for the gospel was just so sacrificial that it came across as something beyond himself if that makes sense you know and um that we have to apply the gospel to our lives to take on the type of mindset and mentality that is required to live out a life in the gospel you know it's something you have to apply you you don't just you don't just get to lay it on top of an already existing you know spirit that we don't our default isn't that of the kingdom our default isn't that of the gospel our default mindset isn't sacrificial you know, our default mindset is sinful and selfish and all those things. So, you know, really understanding that and, and talking about when, if we're going to know where we're going, you know, as a church, as a body, but just as Christians, as disciples, as Jesus followers to know where we're going, um, we really have to good, have a good grasp on who we're going to be and how we're going to continue to allow that to impact our life, you know? Um, and we even mentioned it, like, you know, I mentioned our role as pastors and leaders of the church isn't to be spiritual massage therapists it's to be personal trainers Mm -hmm. you know our job as pastors isn't isn't to massage people's massage people spiritually so that they can handle their problems better it's to to help develop their faith in christ so that they're connected to something bigger and stronger than their problems you know that's good that's good we talked about we know where we're going you know the first one we said that uh we're becoming refined Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so as we're becoming refined and we kind of use the term ref, refined is the term that we use, but it really was, we're, we're com- comparing it to this term called sanctified. Now, Justin, you come from a church world where they use sanctified probably more often. Was that like a thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, when, like I've been in, you know, I've been around and it's like people use the word more, you know, you know, how you more doing today? Sanctified. Yeah. Sanctified, healed and delivered, you know, um, <laughs> th- th- you know what I'm saying? Things like kind yeah. of these cliche things. Christian, um, Christian t-shirt sayings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's probably more of a, you heard it more, um, which I always found kind of weird <laughs> just because, you know, sanctified. Right. That that in, implies that it's complete. Yeah. You know, when you say sanctified, sanctified. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm sanctified. Um yeah. kinda implies that you're 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 
sanctified. Right. <laughs> the process yeah. is done. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think I think that it's more of a sanctification. Yeah, yeah obviously yeah, yeah. it's a process. Yeah, but that's just me. Yeah, exactly. No, we you know we talk to pastors all over the you know and all over the country and and um, you know we're not the only church like this, but we are a church that you know we have people on our dream team that we know they're still dealing with significant significant areas of sin of their life as we are all dealing with some areas of sin in all of our lives, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's people on our dream team that are dealing with, you know, di- we'll, we'll dare say unrepented sin in their life. And we're just kind of helping walking through and disciple and point them to Jesus. And, and, um, I believe that the most, the most beneficial place they can be is inside our walls to continue to be discipled rather than disqualifying people until they fit into the pre-existing mold that we create for them. Right. And so because of that, we do talk to pastors sometimes and they're like, well, you got, man, you got to get these people sanctified before you can let God use them. I'm like, I'm going to need you to show me where that's at. Like, show me where they have to become where they have to meet some man-made standard. Now I understand like meeting God's standard, but even still, man, like, you, you know, I'm not talking about becoming like a leader, like a, an elder or right, a pastor. I mean, those, there are certain standards set for those, you know I mean? For people like that. So that's just different. But, um, as people are working out their sinful nature and there's, you know, like they haven't met, you know, some man-made standard. God has standards. We fit into that. I'm not negating that. I'm talking about when we try to force feed our tradition and man-made standard, or we overlook the sin that people in our teams deal with, but we pinpoint certain areas in other people's lives that on God's eyes are the same, Yeah, you know, equal scales and balances, but they want to make a big deal out of those. So just some of the things where it's like, well, you got to make sure they're sanctified first. I'm like, I'm pretty sure... The disciples were cho- were still chopping people's ears off and burning cities to the ground, while God was using their life to reach other people. They were His, but they still had to work some of themselves out. Yeah, you know? and there's just no basis for that. It's, that's just something to make themselves, yeah, you know, feel better or it's a high, up on a high horse or yeah. you know, you got, I, t- you got time for that. I'm not down with that. So all that to say is, you know, we've really become intentional about trying to create space and we know where we're going as a church. We know where we're going. We're going to reach lost people. Um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be willing to get into the world of people who are hurting and broken. And if you're a person out there that's hurting and broken, you know, TC is a place where you can belong before you believe. We talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a place that you can call home. It's a place where you can work out areas of your life that you may be struggling with. And people want to come alongside you and help you in that, you know, you're not out there by yourself. You know, um, and we told a cool story about, you know, refining metals and, um, you know, the reality is that, you know, God is taking us all through a refining process and we have to be ready for that because we need, we are being sanctified, you know, um, which means to make holy, to, you know, to set apart and to make holy. But yeah, man, we, we need to be in a process of sanctification. Romans six nineteen we use this Sunday. Uh, Justin, why don't you read that for us? I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to the righteousness leading to sanctification. That's right. So we offer ourselves to righteousness, which leads to the sanctification. It leads to us being made holy. 
right? So that's a process. We're becoming refined. We're becoming sanctified, but we haven't, you know, we, none of us are there yet, Mm-mm. you know? But the one thing that we are in Christ, which is number two, um, which is that we've been made righteous, righteous. We've been made righteous and that is a standing before God. So we're being refined. We're being sanctified, which is a process, but we've been made righteous. And that is not on our works or our merits. Um, that's not on our personal justification. That's not on, uh, our actions. We haven't earned this. Um, this is strictly something that was given to us by God through Christ, Second Corinthians five twenty one. Yeah, for for our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Jesus has afforded to us grace and mercy and righteousness, uh, not on our own and not because of our merit. Um, you know, I would dare say that it is unconditional. Because we are totally deprived human beings. Aren't we? So, uh, Total depravity. <laughs> well, so we are in that state where we are needing God to continually um, work things out in us. But it's all, our standing before God is that of righteous because of who Jesus has made us, right? Yeah. And we can't add to that and we can't take away from that like Jesus payment on our behalf is, um, I mean, is all that we need. Right. Which, and then takes us to number three. Yeah. Got to keep it real. We got to keep it real. And when we jump back to Matthew two, the last part of kind of the significant thing and we talked about the, the man, the paralyzed man being lowered to the roof. And then Matthew two, um, we, then we see where Jesus is walking and he looks over to Levi and he says, follow me. And so they all go and Jesus ends up eating at this house with tax collectors and sinners, you know? So he's surrounded himself by the people he's come to save and the Pharisees don't like it yeah. <laughs> because the religious crowd always has something to say when you start doing the work of the kingdom. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Anyways, um, moving on. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this idea and what we talked about is how, you know, at, you know, we know where we're going. We're going to be a group of people that's willing to sit at the table with anybody. Whatever we got to do to introduce lost people to Jesus, like, then that's what, you know, we're, that's what we're going for. That's what we're aiming to do. We want to make an impact on people's lives and we want to live a life. You know, we don't want to be... Th- a church inside of four walls. We want to be the church that impacts our community and our world. Right. You know, a church isn't a building. A church is a body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so um, kind of leads us to the lyrics of the song that all this came from. Um, it says, hey, come to cast it away into the night, sinners with sight, onto the light, onto the dawn forever free, where the heavens bend and plead, where the saints and angels sing, on to the dawn, the king of all kings. And then it says, hey, don't go back now. Don't you look down. Glory and courage. Come and see the star ahead. Come and see the broken fed. Citizens and saints of God. Holy, righteous, ratchet squad. And uh, so holy or being refined, righteous, are standing before God. But also this ratchet squad idea of keeping it real is I think that the Lord desires that his church looks as much like Jesus as we can. And to do that, it requires us to resemble Jesus 
which means eating with sinners and whoever. It means reaching lost people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not being so, you know, I, I've always said this. It bugs me when people are so spiritually minded that they're no earthly good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Plenty like, of that. Yeah. So understanding that we know where we're going. We we know who we're going to be. We know what our, our life should represent. We know what our, we want our church to represent. And uh, those things are so important. And so, man, just like having this desire, this passion to, you know, we've been having this conversation lately amongst the staff of like um, improving, not improving, continuing to establish our name, even in our community. And now that we're meeting at AMC, we kind of have a new community in that area that we haven't impacted as much before and really getting out and man, just like letting the people see that there's a church that's there for them. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, loving on them in so many different ways. And so we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to be our church, man. Continue to reach lost people. That's it. It's exciting. That's it, man. So we're super pumped. All the things happening at TC, we want you to come be a part of it. And so I know a lot of you guys may be traveling all that stuff on vacation. We encourage you to do that. You know, take your families out. Cool. That don't go into debt, trying to make something happen for your family that you can't afford. But have some times with your family, spend some of that time, but come back, um, you know, as you do that and come be a part of what God's doing. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. Good so, stuff. So listen, we're excited for what's happening. Make sure if you have not joined a small group yet and you're in the Pensacola area, go to mytc.life on your smartphone and check out all our small groups. Um, man, so many other things are popping off. We can't wait for you guys to get to be a part of all of it. And if you have yet to make it over to AMC for whatever reason, Come on, AMC on Bayou. You don't want to miss it. Fantastic things happening. So it's a good time. It's a really good time. All right, guys. Well, uh, we appreciate you. We love you. Will you catch us uh, next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.